Hello and welcome to the Free Course Politics Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Hills. And we want to thank you guys so much for coming and joining episode 10. 10 episodes in, it's big. I remember back in the day people said, wouldn't get past episode 5, but here we are with episode 10. It's Man, a huge they, deal. They are uh, rolling around in their, maybe not graves, but we are double <laughs> what they said we would get past. At least double, at the very least. Uh, today, on the uh, Three Course Politics Podcast, you are going to get a uh, pre-dinner shot, which is a little question that will uh, kind of uh, take the edge off. We're going to have an appetizer, which is a little, uh, just a little piece for you to get something started with. The appetizer is going to be about all about the August recess. Uh, your entree today, your main topic of the podcast, is going to be about guns, uh, gun laws, the NRA. You know, obviously, we're all thinking about the mass shootings earlier this month in El Paso and Dayton, so it's important to talk about why did this uh, keep happening. Then we'll have a little uh, dessert, try to lighten the mood about Greenland, and uh, that'll be that. That'll be your uh, podcast. So we're excited to get started. A quick note before we get started officially. Um, are you registered to vote? If you aren't sure or you don't know, please go to vote.org right now. It's fine. We'll wait. You should go register, then come back, and then finish this podcast. There's a pause button on the podcast. You could just make sure you're registered. Really, make sure you're registered. You should not be waiting until the deadline of, like, September 2020. Like, you could do it right now. Um, Hills, I'm looking to register to vote right now. Uh, should I identify as a Republican or a Democrat? Well, the Republicans have the moral authority in this country, so I think you want to be on the Republican side. Okay, because that's what I selected, and then it says, do you pledge allegiance to our dear Lord Trump? Should I, should I select yes or hell yes? Well, I'm surprised there's not a fuck yes, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yes, there it so. is. There's there the fuck yes. Okay, yeah. great. Okay, well, I selected that. So, look, it was that simple, everyone. I'm registered to vote now for Trump because we don't have a choice. Sounds like uh, the right choice to me. <laughs> Excellent. All right, well, enough with the intro. We are going to move on to your pre-dinner shot. Okay, your pre-dinner shot. Uh, this is a very good question that Josh came up with, so all credit to you, Josh. All the credit. All the credit. How much money did the NRA donate to the Trump campaign in 2016? <laughs> Again, how much money did the NRA donate to the Trump campaign in 2016? You can bet it's more than a dollar, <laughs> so I'm going to give you a little, little help there. Uh, Hills, I think it's also probably more than $2. Okay, so you got two hints. We gave you two hints. More than $1 and more than $2. That's it. That's all you get. Okay. One last time. How much money did the NRA donate to the Trump campaign in 2016? We'll tell you at the end of the episode, and you'll be astonished. All right, thank you, Hills, for the pre-dinner shot. And now we're going to move on to the appetizer. So the appetizer is the August recess. Hills, are we still in the month of August? We are still in the month of August. I don't know how. It's been a long month, and uh, August recess is basically when Congress gets their uh, summer break because you know they just they just work so hard that they just have to go back to the summer. Uh, they have to go back home. And they use this as a chance to do a couple of things. They like to talk to their constituents and tell them kind of what they're doing and all the great work they've done. Sometimes if you're someone like Moscow Mitch or Mitch McConnell, you like to do the Sunday shows and tell the nation how great you are and all the hard work that the Republicans are doing. 
and they also use it to kind of like recharge and refuel for the upcoming race. So why is this important? Why do we care about this? Well, uh, per usual, during the August recess, uh, you have things happen uh, when they go back to their constituents that don't normally happen. Um, Hills, let me ask you, when your congressman goes, uh, comes back, do you go to their town halls? I wish I could say that I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of people, I mean, I think it's different in different parts of the country, obviously. If you live in a big city, I don't know if you go to your congressman's town halls as much as maybe you live in a more rural area where it's a bigger deal if the congressman comes to town. Yeah, let me tell you, that's uh, very accurate. Um, I think if you live in a bigger suburb or if you live in a very democratic area like New York, like Maryland for me, um, then you probably don't feel the need to go to your your uh, congressperson's um, town hall or their meeting because odds are that you like the job that they're doing. Their seat's probably safe, uh, at least from a contender from the other party. And therefore, you're just kind of like, you know, whatever. Uh, I don't really need to go. I think everyone should go. Uh, it's hard to find out when they're having these things and, you know, making schedules for them. But if you ever have a chance to go, you should go. Um, speaking of people who went, uh, there were a couple, there were three big town hall meetings that we should talk about. Well, it's, uh, three and a half, we'll say. Um, all of them involve the GOP. Um, the first one is Joni Ernst. Hills, what state is Joni Ernst from? She's from the state of Iowa. She sure is. And I think she's the candidate that said something about like wrestling pigs in her campaign video or some other bullshit like that. Um, yep. She wrestled really, pigs yeah. or castrated them. And um, she's senator from Iowa, by the way. Yes. She is a Republican senator from Iowa. And she had a rough couple of weeks. So in the past two weeks, she held two town halls. Um, and maybe it's because you have the Democratic candidates that are out there, but these town halls were absolutely packed to the brim. Um, lines waiting outside of these town halls. At both of these town halls, you had constituents asking her about guns and gun safety. And what is she going to do? And, you know... Uh, it's time for action. You know, a teacher told a heartbreaking story about how she's she's scared and, and her kids are scared and she has to spend um, time in the classroom to cover, like, you know, what do we do if a shooter comes in? What do we do? You know, and then she has, she, uh, in the state of Iowa, she also has to be licensed to have a gun. Uh, and she asked Joni Ernst, when am I going to get back to teaching, doing the thing that I love to do? Um, and Joni Ernst gave this long-winded response about how we should, you know, mental health and this and that, and basically was dodging the question, and people were going crazy. People were booing her. People were chanting, like, think about the children. People were chanting, like, it's time for change. Uh, I mean, it was trending all over social media, like, last week. It was absolutely insane. And this is in, in Iowa, a state that Donald Trump one in 2016, uh, and a state that has, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure, don't they have two GOP senators? I think they have they both their their senators are Republicans. Yep, yep, that's true. So just an absolutely bonkers thing, and it just goes to show that something like gun safety, uh, majority of people agree on that. And if you put pressure on your person of of Congress, then you can get something done. And these uh, uh, Iowans, credit to them went to this town hall and decided that they were going to heckle and press Joni Ernst um, about, you know, guns and gun safety. Uh, to be fair, there were other people who, there, who were there who were, support, who were uh, supporting Joni Ernst and were telling the, the protesters, like, show some respect. She's a senator, blah, 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 blah. Um, but you're going to have that wherever you go. The overwhelming majority of people were definitely... Uh, anti Joni Ernst and anti um, uh, and, and anti guns and the NRA and stuff. So, anyways, that's Joni Ernst. Hills, did you hear this story at all, or do you want? To I heard a little anything? bit, but can I make two quick points? 
Um, as, long, as, as, as long as you promise that there are only two of them and that they're quick. Uh, yes. Um, so first first point is that Iowa is such an interesting state because of Barack Obama won it twice. Um, many, I mean, it now has three of three of the four congressional representatives in Iowa are Democrats. It's a very much it's it's a rural state for sure, but it's got a really strong Democratic history there, and I don't think it's as lost as um, a state like Ohio is, to be honest with you. So it's we should not discount Iowa um, and those six electoral votes um, or five or I think six um, could really come to play. Um, in 2020. And the second thing is that this is why the August recess is so important because Joni Ernst probably hears from no one but Republicans when she's in when she's in her office in DC. So she comes back and yeah, this may not be a representation of all of Iowa, but she's getting that pushback and maybe she's starting to think twice about things that she needs to do when she gets back. Yeah, both of those are great points. <clears throat> so thank you, Alice. Um, the second story about the August recess happened this past week. It was with uh, our old friend Mitch McConnell. Good old Mitch. He was uh, at a rally uh, in Kentucky. And uh, he was getting booed. And he was getting chants of Moscow Mitch at his rallies. There were a couple of different smaller rallies that he had at various farms and stuff. And you had, I mean, it was ridiculous. The number of people who were who were there chanting Moscow Mitch, Moscow Mitch, which is a nickname that really gets under his skin. He really hates that that name. Um, and so, you know, is Mitch McConnell, uh, is, is his seat really up for grabs in Kentucky? I mean, probably not, you know, uh, for, for being honest. Kentucky is probably a pretty safe state. Um all that being said, um, it just goes to show just, you know, having people who are disrupting, who are pushing a, a campaign, um, you know, it's it's important. <clears throat> and while Mitch McConnell may not ever, you know, lose his seat and may not ever, you know, leave office, it might show another Republican who's there, like, man, like gun safety safety of U.S. elections are all things that matter, and it doesn't might make them think a little bit. And, and, you know, it, it's, and we'll get to why these are important later, but, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a cool story regardless because I hate Mitch McConnell, so anytime that people in Kentucky, where he's from, uh, chant Moscow Mitch, it brings uh, warmness to my heart. Moscow Mitch, Moscow Mitch. Scout Mitch. Oh, see, thank you, Hills. I feel better already. Um, and the last one should come really as not a big surprise to anyone. Um, but when uh, Ted Cruz, our third one, senator from Texas, uh, when he arrived home for the August recess, uh, people were heckling him and booing him as he arrived home in Texas right before the August recess. Now, Ted Cruz is not up for re-election until 2024, um, but I just think it's funny that people in Texas hate Ted Cruz. So, um, those are your three big stories for the August recess. Now, why is this important? Hills, do you want to add something real quick? I hate Ted Cruz, too. <laughs> were you were you at, at the airport? Yes. I was the one heckling Oh, I, I thought I saw you there. Because um, I was there too. Um, no. uh, so why is this important? Why do we, why should we care about any of these stories? So the August recess and these stories are important for three reasons. Okay, The first reason is that it should rally Democrats. Um, anytime that you hear a big story like this and you hear of like Joni Ernst or Mitch McConnell getting the time to push back, it just it rallies Democrats. It shows you that Democracy is not dead. It's really important. Maybe I'm going to go and donate to the senator who is, or the person who's charging, who, who's a, who's challenging Mitch McConnell. Maybe I'll do that. You know, maybe uh, you know I'll go out and I'll you know organize for Biden or whoever. It just it kind of rallies Democrats, especially in this time when um, 
there's the primary going on and, you know, Democrats can be a little divided. It kind of brings everyone together. So that's the first thing. Number two is that it pushes the GOP senators who are even in safe, safe seats like Iowa. You know, I guarantee Joni Ernst will come back and she's up for election 2018 and she'll say, you know, I got to do something about guns. You have to do something because I was just absolutely pounded at my town halls. And if you want to keep me here in the Senate, then we need to get something done. And that's one more person who's talking to Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump about trying to get something done for gun safety. Right. So it pushes them on a particular issue or a couple of issues and that's great because these GOP senators need to hear other voices besides those just in their office. And the third thing is that it's ammo for people who are challenging uh, members of the GOP, right? It's huge ammo. The person who's going to challenge Joni Ernst can create a 30-second ad of footage in that town hall and say, you know, Joni Ernst doesn't care about about you know the safety of children or Joni Ernst won't do anything about guns. I mean like it's, it's, it can be nasty stuff, but it's still ammo, right? The person who's challenging Mitch McConnell can show these people at the rally, right? Chanting, you know, Moscow Mitch. And maybe maybe it won't do anything, but maybe it will. So because it rallied, it rallies Democrats, it pushes the GOP senators, and it's ammo for people who are challenging the GOP. Those three reasons is why the August recess is so important why these stories in particular are important. Um, and if you do have a chance to go to a town hall for your, for your congressperson, um, then you should definitely go. Hills, I don't know if you want to add anything. I know that was a lot of information for our viewers. No, I thought, I thought that the, it was really, really good, especially that last point about that the town halls just write their own ads. I mean, if you, you have an ad about Joni Ernst stumbling talking about gun safety, there, whoever her challenger is, um, will be able to use that over and over and over again. And I think I think that was a really good point. It's a it's a time to, <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, these people are politicians, right? They have to be ready for this stuff. Like being a politician is more than just government. It's you know playing the game of politics. And if you're not playing a hundred percent of the time, someone else is going to play. Yeah, it's absolutely right. Uh, to quote Talladega Nights, if you're not first. You're last. That's true in this system. If you don't win, if you're not in first place, you do not win. All right. Well, <clears throat> that was uh, our appetizer, all about the August recess, and your entree is coming up. Your entree today is about guns. Uh, this is a very, very light topic. <laughs> it's probably probably along with abortion and a couple episodes ago, the oh heaviest God. topic we're, we've covered so far. Yeah, and it's to be noted that Josh and I are not gun owners, but I don't think that disqualifies us from talking about this. So it is what it is. And so first of all, what's going on in this country? If You probably already know, but we have mass shootings weekly, maybe daily, um, especially in the last three to four years. They've been becoming much more prevalent. Um, earlier this month in August, there were two very deadly mass shootings in El Paso, in Texas, and Dayton, in Ohio. Um, you know, people got killed in a Walmart and at a, at a bar um, in a very short amount of time. Um, you know, what's going on right now is an epidemic, and a lot, almost, I would say, almost all of these shooters are white nationalists or right-wing extremists in different circumstances. I mean, I don't think I've seen a mass shooting um, that's been popularized in the news so far that hasn't been done by a right-wing or white nationalist um, exclusively. And they all are linked and have said they've been inspired by Donald Trump, his rhetoric, and everything, the, all the white nationalism going on in this country right Hills, now. If, oh, so that's a big I problem. I was going to say, um, yeah, the... I think it was the person, the shooter in El Paso, um, who was aiming uh, for people who were uh, Hispanic. Um, at uh, was that El Paso or Dayton, one of them was aiming for people who were Hispanic at the Walmart because of what they had heard Donald Trump say about 
you know, an, an invasion and immigrants and all this stuff. And, you know, when the president of the United States says that, uh, it's going to lead some people to go, okay, well, I have to do something about it. Um, and that's why your, your, your words exactly. matter. Exactly. Words, words matter. Um, and, you know, you just had uh, a couple of months ago in California, do you remember the synagogue that got shot up? It was beat from a white nationalist, a white nationalist. I mean, they, the dots have never been so connected before. And it's different than gang violence, which is a, a, a separate topic that also has to deal with guns as well. But we're talking today about the mass shootings that are being going on in the country. Um, and also, like, it's not it's not violent video games. I'm, you know, do you know when that excuse was was first used before Columbine in the '90s? The GOP have been saying the same exact thing for over 20 years. They've been saying the same exact excuse that it's violent video games. There have been studies that shown that violent video games video games do not have a correlation to mass shooting. What has a correlation is when you have politicians that use racial rhetoric that incite violence, which is what is happening right now. So that the whole thing about mental health, yeah, all these people are inherently deranged. But, you know, they're being inspired because of the rhetoric and because of the policies that the current administration and, I, honestly, Donald Trump. I, 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 there are people on the news who say, that, you know, the Donald Trump committed these things. I don't think that, but I think he bears responsibility that, it's his rhetoric. Words do matter. People pay attention to words. Yeah, I mean, especially so, if you're the the president of the United States, and I think there are there are studies that show that when a violent video game comes out, like a Grand Theft Auto or something, that crime goes down, the mass shootings go down because people are inside playing the video games. I mean, you know, that argument is just it's so ludicrous, and I, I think you know the only. Uh, shooting that I can remember from the person wasn't a white nationalist was the shooting of the congressperson. Um, uh, 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 what was his name? Um, yeah, no, the, uh, the one who, who was shot in... Uh, that's Steve Scalise. Steve Scalise. I think that person was a Sanders supporter. Um, and, I, I mean, and, and that person also was deranged. No question about it. But nine and a half times out of ten. If you're looking for someone who was a mass shooter, they were deranged and they were inspired, right, by horrible rhetoric and people saying, blame someone else. It's someone else's fault. It's not your fault. You've done nothing wrong. It's other people who are, you know, making your life miserable. And what party is saying that? More often than not, it's the GOP. So, right. there you go. And, yeah. Yeah, and, and I think I want to also separate this out from the mental health thing. Yeah, inherently all these shooters have been, you know, obviously you're, we, we assume if you're logical, then you're not going to kill other people. That's not honestly necessarily the case. I mean, someone, someone can be completely believe in the things that have been said by the Republicans and not be insane. You know, we have a mental health problem in this country, but that's also kind of separate you know, we don't even have a mental health system in this country. It's because it's because we don't have any public health care. So there's no public institutions and no real way for these people to get help um, unless they really seek it out themselves. What we have is the access to these weapons. Um, you know what? There's there's in the Midwest. I mean, all these states have varying different laws um, and some some of them barely have any laws on guns. So you can buy a bunch of guns. You can buy a bunch of weapons of war. And have them float around the system everywhere, whether it goes into violence in cities, violence in rural areas. You know, it's not, it's not it, part of the conversation. Yeah, of course, these people probably need help. But part of the conversation is that the fact that the access to these weapons is so easy. And that's why it's happening. That's why these people are getting their hands and, on and, and this. And the support for, um, for people to have this or people to have, you know, background checks. Uh banning assault weapons and guns like it's it's massive i mean even amongst gun gun owners it's it's massive and it's just it's mind-boggling that we can't get anything done that that there's no progress that you know um these this kind of stuff keeps happening and you know hills and i aren't sitting here 
you know, saying, oh, it's all the Republicans' faults because Democrats aren't nearly tough, uh, aren't nearly uh, as tough as they should be on this, this issue, and folds who often don't push when they should, and you know, I'm sure there are Democrats that take money from the NRA as well. But the bottom line is that, again, nine times out of ten, if you look at the rhetoric, you don't have Democrats out there saying it's the immigrants' fault. You don't have Democratic Congress people saying we're all, you know, born from rape and incest, as Steve King from Iowa said, you know, two weeks ago, a week ago. You don't have a Democratic president saying there's an an invasion and and how do we stop these immigrants? And someone says shoot them, and and the president does not say that's horrible. Get that man out, like, like sir, like that that, that that's murder. Like, like just yeah, 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 he doesn't condemn that person at all. He just smiles and starts laughing. And goes only in the panhandle can you say that? Like what the hell? This person at your rally, your supporters said he said that the only way to stop these immigrants is to shoot them. And your response is, ha, ha, that crazy guy, that guy, you know, ha, man, what a, what a funny guy that he is. Uh, all right, well, let's keep moving. Like, what the hell? That's, yeah. that, that's not normal. No, it's, it's not normal. And we're going to get, you, that tied in really well. So we're going to get into why there isn't progress here. So the first thing, number one, the NRA, the National Rifle Association, started out uh, not as evil as they were, and it turned into a very pro-gun lobby organization. Um, just recently, they called Trump, and in 30 minutes, they got him to back off of any sort of uh, restrictions that he wanted to pass this year. This uh, When Congress got back and earlier in the month, he said, we're going to pass something. They called him up. 30 minutes later, it got him to about face. And they probably did that because they probably said, your supporters aren't going to like this. We're going to organize against you. It's going to be bad for your reelection. And because Trump doesn't have any political views, he just wants money and power. And said, oh, crap. Um, I don't want that. And so he kind of backed off of it. And that's why Mitch McConnell earlier in the month said, oh, yeah, we're going to do something on it. He knew nothing was going to be done. He just said that to get the people off his back. Because honestly, he doesn't need to do anything. Because Trump is going to be the one saying stuff over and over. And the news cycle is going to honestly move on. I mean, they have moved on, unfortunately. And so what they do and why the GOP is so afraid of them is that they fund primary challengers. And they, the NRA says um, to the Republican voters, hey, this, prime, this, this Republican congressman in office, he's anti-gun. You want to have the pro-gun candidate and here's who we endorse. And, that, and honestly... It, in, in Republican circles, the NRA endorsement is big on its voters. And we'll get to that in a moment of, of uh, number four. But um, having the NRA endorsement is pretty big in Republican politics, and that's one of the problems. Um, and the NRA is against any restriction uh, because of the money that gun manufacturers pay to the NRA. Gun manufacturers are making lots and lots of money. They're making money off of dead people. Honestly, they're making money by selling more guns. And the way to sell more guns is have less restrictions on guns. And the way to also sell more guns is make people scared. So right now, <laughs> you they have the recipe for success, and the gun manufacturers do not want their sales to go down. Yeah. <clears throat> and the last part about the NRA is that um, they prevent legislation everywhere from being passed. So if you have all these people who are elected to office who are very against any restrictions um, against firearms— they're obviously not going to do any protection or prevention against firearms. They're going to make it easier to, to buy them. So you have this whole system that the NRA created where they choose the right candidate. Um, they choose the candidate they want. They support the candidate. People vote for that candidate. They get into office, and they don't do anything. So number one, the NRA is the Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you think about it, um, most people would agree, right, that you shouldn't have – an AK-47 in your house. There's just no need for it. If you want to protect your house, fine. That, like, get a pistol. Get a shotgun, right? You don't need an AK-47, right? That's a military weapon. You don't need that. And, you know, and so politicians will say, okay, let's have a ban on assault rifles because no one needs an AK-47. 
the gun manufacturers are like, oh my god, no one's going to buy my AK-47 anymore, so we have to do something because I'm going to lose a shit ton of money, right? And then they'll talk to the NRA, the NRA will then, you know, dangle money, and because politicians are so corrupt, they'll go, okay, okay, well, I need these, you know, I need this $8 million from the NRA, so I'm not going to back uh, this, you know, anti-assault weapon ban, right? And that's, that's what happens. Um, Hills, I will say, uh, I believe New York just passed a, yeah, red, red flag law, right? Um, which says that if you think someone in your house is, uh, not mentally okay or shouldn't own a gun, you can seek a court order that would prohibit that person for one year from purchasing or possessing a firearm. Um, I mean, that's something that we can get done. It's not a lot, but that's something that we should be able to pass, you know, no no questions asked because that's not the government telling you you can't have a gun. That's someone in your house telling you you shouldn't have a gun. So hopefully that's something that we, we, we can get we can get done. But again, the NRA and the gun lobbyists would hate that. So it probably won't happen. Yeah. Well, we're we're gonna get to solutions in this section too. We're gonna we're gonna end hopefully. Um, number two, the reason why um, nothing gets done is because of the GOP. Um, honestly, they're they're more of this problem than the Democrats are by far. Ron Johnson was the head uh, is the head of the Homeland Security Committee. He's a senator from Wisconsin. Before even you know, once Trump reversed himself, he said, "Oh, no le- gun legislation is likely to happen." You know, all these people they could they don't have to they don't have to side with Trump. They can override his veto. They are a separate section of government. The party puts money over people time and time again we just kind of talked about in the nra part um and they get paid by the nra to stop any project uh, any progress so more members are elected to different places whether it's on the state level or the federal level the gop is part of the problem here and you know the second part of the problem um that goes along with that is the money in politics the nra gives sometimes unlimited amounts of cash through different organizations um and dark money to GOP politicians, more or less. I mean, some Democrats, too, get NRA money. But honestly, the fact that there's so much of this money in politics and it's so unaccounted uh, uh, unaccounted for, um, you know, we only get some of the ones that, we only get some of the figures that are accounted for. There's probably millions of dollars that are passed through different five uh, super PACs and all that stuff that are not accounted for. And the gun manufacturer, gun manufacturers pay the NRA, and they pay other things, and the money just rolls in, and that's all these politicians care about. And I, I would say a majority of them are GOP politicians. That's just probably what it. That's just the way it is. Um, and and the last thing of why there's no progress is it's their base. Their the Republican Party base has been brainwashed by Fox News and other conservative outlets to be pure Second Amendment report, uh, supporters. So what I mean by this is that every, almost every other amendment in the Constitution, all of your rights, like the right to free speech, they have restrictions on them. Like you can't yell fire in a crowded theater, like you can't incite panic that's against the law um, in certain circumstances. Like there are restrictions on most of the rights you have because you, that's the way things are. Um, in <laughs> you can't you can't cause panic and say oh it wasn't my fault but you cause people to die um, you know they think any restriction is tyranny by government any restriction is is towards tyranny which is not the case you can have sensible restrictions on your right to own a gun on what type of gun it is and what gun it is um, there's a lack of education and sensibility among a lot of these people I don't think a, a lot of gun owners who don't support Second Amendment restrictions or gun safety measures are crazy or stupid. What I'm saying is that they're hearing only one side of the argument and they're not getting anything from the other side. So they don't actually even are aware of the other side of the argument or see it because maybe they're not impacted by it. And that's because there's a lack of organizing in rural communities. I think the Democratic Party as a whole has basically abandoned rural America, which I think Beto showed in 2016 that you shouldn't do that. Um, when he went around Texas and almost beat Ted Cruz. The lack of education, the lack of messaging, the lack of outreach to these communities that are actually going to be super impactful in getting their Republican politicians to support laws at the end of the day and counteract what the 
NRA spoons feed them is really important to gun safety. So um, the four reasons why we think there's been no progress are the NRA, the GOP, money and politics, and the inherent messaging that the Republican base gets. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. You know, um, and I think it's a really good point talking about the lack of education and sensibility. Um, you know, Ron Johnson, who you mentioned, uh, said that there wasn't going to be gun legislation because Trump has reversed himself, said, uh, quote, there are a lot of downsides to passing more legislation that doesn't do anything positive. And I think, you know, Hills and I hear that and we're like, what? <laughs> like, 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 that's absolutely bonkers. But his supporters and people who like him hear that and go, well, you know, Senator Johnson said it, so it's got to be true. And don't even think to push him on it. Don't even think to say, well, like what? what why is it a bad thing that we pass more legislation to prevent people from dying? Why is that a bad thing? Why is, why are more laws, like there's just, there, there's no push to that. There's no asking him, what do you think? You know, and, and there's, they, they just, they accept that. And they go, well, he's been senator for so long and he knows what he's talking about and he wouldn't lie to me because we're best friends and he's someone that I can get a beer with. And okay, he said it. Therefore, that is my position. And that's the position that Fox News pushes. And they don't challenge their own position. They're not going to, you know, turn on, you know, NPR or, you know, follow someone from the New York Times on on Twitter. They're just going to say, that's what my senator said. That's what the TV that I watch says. Therefore, that's it. And there's no push. Yeah, they don't have to because the NRA and they, they get all their support and ecosystem from one side of the aisle. Like their constituents are not telling them they should be doing something because they're not being fed that information either. It's all It all goes back in one thing. The money, the politicians, the information that they're fed. Everything goes is one big circle. Yep. So... Uh, Hopefully ending on a higher note. What are some of the solutions on the table? This is not a comprehensive list. This is not the end of the list. These are some of the big ones on the table. So the first ones, the first one is an assault weapon ban. Um, the ban of uh, different types of weapons that are deemed assault weapons. I don't know the, uh, the technical solution for this, but, um, you know, I don't think someone needs a weapon of war that can fire hundreds of rounds in a matter of seconds uh they don't need that if the point of the second amendment is to have protection and the original point was like so people can defend themselves against the british um yeah sure i'm you i'm not against having guns and you know you can have guns for protection or for hunting or for whatever but you shouldn't necessarily have assault weapons right. <laughs> in your home. Like there, there's no reason why you need to. And the reason about what happens if the government comes in and I need to defend my family. Well, you're living in a different reality <laughs> than we are in though with Trump, who knows? But again, I think that's a very sensible solution. We get a lot of these weapons that have killed thousands of people in the last few years. Um, and the last, you know, uh, around the world. Um, out of the hands of people who don't need them, like people who are not, um, should not own a gun. Um, second one, I've seen this uh, floated around uh, while we were talking about this episode, having, making people get insurance for their guns. And, you know, this goes along with universal background checks, uh, you know, having their guns insured and then paying premiums on their guns and uh, monthly payments. And maybe it will add to the cost of getting a gun um, and, you know, if you're not mentally stable in whatever regimen they decide to insure guns at, um, it would make it harder to, to, to own a gun. And I think this is okay, but it's not the actual solution. It just is part of a solution. It doesn't actually stop people from getting guns that they shouldn't be getting. They, uh, <laughs> they, it just adds another layer of cost. Which goes along with background checks. I think everyone that owns that buys a gun, you should have a universal background check system where the gun seller is responsible for checking your name in a database, state and federal, whether you've had any prior arrests, whether you can own a gun, whether you have any mental health issues. I mean, that only goes so far, but it's it's just a first line of defense against getting someone a gun who shouldn't be having one. Um, 
And, you know, there's also a, a, another solution of a gun buyback program where the government will pay a certain amount of money to buy back guns of a certain point. That kind of goes along with an assault weapon ban when you're banning the sell of the weapons and you kind of want the weapons off. The people who already have these weapons, you kind of want them the, the least amount of them out in the world. And Australia did this back in the 90s, I believe, um, where they bought back. It was a mandatory buyback that you had to sell your the government paid you, but you had to sell your gun. Um, that's another solution on the table to get all these guns kind of uh, out of circulation, but I doubt that will actually work in practice. People are not going to just give up their guns unless they're being paid a lot of money. That's the thing. The buyback price has to be really high. Um, and I'm sure I'm missing some, but the last one I had on my list was reg red flag laws where you're empowering the people who know their relatives the best, hopefully, to contact authorities that they should not be buying a gun. Again, all of these things hopefully amount to a base level of gun restrictions that every state across the country has to meet. And some other states like New York maybe can go further than that. But right now we have no system. Any state can do whatever they want. So we need a floor. We need a floor here in this country. And we have no floor. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think everything you said is uh, right on point and very well said. So. <laughs> Thank you. So the last part of this is what America should do to solve the problem. Well, we added a couple of solutions, but the first thing we have to do is vote out the Republicans. Again, it's not all the Republicans that have the support of MRA and the NRA, but a majority of Democrats do not get support, at least the amount of support that would uh, change their votes from the NRA. So you need to vote out the Republicans and get more Democrats in so we can pass more comprehensive gun safety laws. Plain and simple. And you have to register to vote to do that. So you have to vote. Um, we have to put sensible, strong restrictions in place, especially against assault weapons. I'm of the personal opinion that we should have a set of laws, um, sensible laws that maybe a lot of people can get behind first. So we have that first layer in and then go back for more later. And I'm not trying to discount that we need something like some of these solutions are better at first, but right now we have a system that needs something badly. And I'm of the opinion that if you need to get something done, get something done and go back for a bigger chunk of a solution later. That's my own personal opinion. Um, feel free to disagree. You can say we should try and get everything done as quick as possible. I also see the merits of that too. Um, we need to keep the GOP out. <laughs> Again, they're going to be fueled by the NRA, which is probably going to give them tons of money. And we need to keep them out of government because we can't have them repeal these laws. And the last thing um, and Josh, I don't know if you have anything you want to add, is that we need to run educational campaigns in rural districts um, to just really feed them some of the information that they're missing. You know, we don't need rural America, we, we don't need rural America to be like, well, now we're all for gun safety. That'll be great. But we, what we do need is we need a slice of those voters to come out and say, you know what, I agree, we need some, something needs to change. And they need to pressure their Republican, their most likely Republican congressperson or senator to come out and support these laws. That's what we need. Yeah, I would add uh, one or two small things. One is there are a lot of organizations out there. Uh, Moms Demand Action, um, every town comes to mind as the two most prominent ones um, that you can donate to, that you can go and support. Um, these are organizations that are very pro-gun restrictions. Um, and so I would say donate, go, go work with them. Um, if this is something that you really care about. And the second thing is, you know, goes back to the appetizer, but go to these town halls and impress your congressperson on it, you know, um, press them on, on, on this or that or, or gun violence. And, you know, I, uh, I forgot when this was, you know, this might've been after, um, after, uh, one of the many, many shootings, um, the, uh, oh, I can't believe I'm blanking on the year now. Um, it was one year when, when, um, the, uh, Newtown shooting was, um, 2012. Thank you. Um, I was in, uh, Virginia and I remember heard about Newtown and, you know, I wrote to and called 
my at the time geo my, my, my at the time my, my GOP uh, congressperson Frank Wolf. Remember, I wrote him and I and I and I called him and I got a response, both a letter and I got a call, not from Frank Wolf but from his staff. Uh, it was some bullshit like, oh, you know, so, you know, the congressperson has always supported gun rights, blah blah blah. Um, and that's just like you should do that for your congressperson. If you're upset with something and you want to know where they stand or you don't like their stance, then, you know, get involved uh, in some way. I know this has been a heavy topic. It's something that is worth talking about. Um, but I think um, we, we covered a lot in Hills. I think you laid out the problems and the solutions very well. Uh, and it's an important topic. Yeah, there's, it's been very heavy. And I really like what you... you <laughs> Full circle there, Josh, with the with the going out and talking to your Congress people during August or whenever you want, um, and also yeah, that was a big thing. I missed out of the groups doing incredible work on the ground. So there are there is hope. There's hope, <laughs> and uh, there is a sliver of hope. So you just have to. The biggest thing you just gotta vote. Got to vote. Gotta vote. vote gotta vote. Well, we have we have a much better dessert for you. It's much sweeter after getting through this. Um, but this was an important thing we needed to talk about. So thank you for sticking with us, and we're, we're heading into your sweet dessert now. Okay, so you've made it through the heavy topics of guns and of the August recess, and now you're back and you're here for the sweet dessert. And we've got a good one. We've got a good one. We're going to talk about... The 51st state, Greenland. That's right, you heard me, Greenland. Okay, Trump wants to do one of two things. Trump wants to uh, buy Greenland from Denmark, or you know maybe trade uh, Puerto Rico for Greenland. <laughs> uh, oh my God! <laughs> this is absolutely insane. The president of the United States wants to buy Greenland or trade like it's, you know, a lunch in fifth grade. I'll trade you my peas for Greenland. I'll trade you my sandwich for your hot dog. I will trade you Greenland for Puerto Rico or I'll just buy it. Uh, oh my God. There's so many wrong things here. <laughs> so many, so many, not to mention that Greenland is a part of Denmark and in the constitution of Greenland, it says that they can become their own independent country if they agree to separate from Denmark. So not only can he not buy them, not only are there Danish people there, like it's uh, and indigenous people. Yeah, I and mean, indigenous like, people. It's 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 absolutely insane. Can you imagine if Obama said that he wanted to buy Greenland? I the GOP would have a fit. The GOP they would, would have, have such a, a fit. field day. Yeah. Can you imagine, uh, like, how this got onto Trump's radar? It probably was like, hey, what's that big island over there? What's that big piece of land? It's huge. It's huge. Why don't we own it? Who owns it? And he probably was like, Denmark owns it? What? Let me buy it from them, like a real estate person. Like, oh, yep. <laughs> the, <laughs> yep. the, levels, the levels of stupidity have just, they just pile <laughs> on each other here. You know, Trump sees that, and he goes... Uh, he, 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 you know, he's like, well, there aren't Greenland people there, so obviously it's it's up for grabs, and I'll just yeah, and I'll just call up Greenland, and I'll just I'll say, hey, come join the U.S. And then some, you know, advisor like, well, sir, actually, Greenland belongs to Denmark. He goes, oh, well, I'll just call up Denmark, and I'll just tell them that I'll offer them a shit ton of money for Greenland, and it's so dumb, it's so dumb on so many levels. And uh, and to make matters worse, as if matters could get worse, Trump wants Greenland so bad that he has canceled his – they would have a meeting with Denmark. He has canceled it with the prime minister of Denmark and has said, I'm not going to go to this meeting because the prime minister is a nasty person and won't sell me Denmark or won't sell me Greenland. So he's not going. <laughs> he's not going. He's called the Prime Minister of Denmark a nasty person. And all because <laughs> they won't give him a part of their country. 
It's like if it's like if if England came over and was like, "Hey, we actually want Alaska and Hawaii back, and we'll buy them from you." And we were like, no, that's crazy. They're part of the U.S. And then the prime minister of the U.K. was like, well, you know what? Fine. I'm not meeting with you anymore. Like, we're not allies anymore. Like, what? Yeah. I I mean, Denmark Denmark had troops die when they went into Afghanistan with us. They're, they're an ally of us. And the fact that you're going to cancel a meeting with a world leader because they are not doing what you want them to do. And also, like... Every time a woman doesn't do something he wants, he calls them they're nasty. They're they're like they're not a real woman. You know, they're nasty. They're they're mean and they're like crazy or something like that. It's just no end. And then you no end does he disrespect women. Uh, he has no end to it. And again, I don't I don't understand how people still like him. Yeah. No. It's it's absolutely crazy, and. I, I can't believe we've been talking about this. I mean, I know that the GOP at one point said that o- o- Obama was, um, you know, he was very uh, imperialistic and he was, like, you know, he, he was all about like, like colonialism and blah, blah, blah. This is, this is the definition of colonialism. This is Donald Trump saying, I want that piece of land. I'm a real estate guy. I want that. And I'm going to buy it from you and you're going to give it to me. And then they know he's like, well, you're a nasty woman. You're a nasty person. And it's just, it's, it's bullying, plain and simple. So why does Trump want Greenland? Uh, you know, we've already talked about he's not mentally fit. Uh, he's, he's Trump. He's not mentally fit. He, you know, likes to put his, his, his name on things. I think he even jokingly tweeted out, Said that he he wasn't gonna do this to Greenland, and he put it was a picture of a Trump hotel or a Trump casino or something, like superimposed in Greenland. He's like, I think like, I promise I won't do this, which is, I, I, oh, oh my god, god. Uh, what um, humor from the president of the United States, right? <laughs> yep, there he is. That's our that's our, our commander in chief, just slaying it with the jokes. Um, you know, now the actual idea of buying Greenland has been around for a while. There have been some other presidents who wanted it, especially during the Cold War, to uh, put a military base on there. Now, you don't need to buy Greenland to do that. Denmark is a part of NATO and part of our you know, uh, alliances, and we can put a military base on uh, Greenland to watch the Russians or the China or whoever. Like, if that's your, if that's your reason... You like fine, like that. That makes sense. You protect America, great. We can do that, but you don't need to buy it. We can already do that. That system already exists for us. I believe right? we already do it. Yeah, we may already have. <laughs> I believe we already there. have an installation or two, where we had on Greenland. Like it's right. been been done. So like, and and that and that's fine. But the real reason that I think he wants Greenland is because he is trying to drill for oil there he sees the fact that like arctic drilling is big right now people want to drill in the arctic and the antarctic because you know what's the worst that could happen it's like the amazon's on fucking fire um so you know they see that and like oh man there's so much money to be made in drilling in the arctic and the antarctic and greenland gets us really close because only the border of greenland is actually inhabited by by uh, people, I think the main part of Greenland, unless it's uh, unless there are indigenous people there, which there might be, um, but Trump wants to take equipment, go to the center of Greenland, to go as far up north as he can, and start drilling because he thinks that there's oil there. And yeah, I mean, you know, he's he he is a climate change denier, so we should not be surprised. But I think that's the most likely reason is he wants the oil that might potentially be in Greenland. Yeah, uh, and and the reason why the Arctic can be drilled more now is because of climate change is breaking up the sea ice. So it all like I, I totally agree. I think there's there probably is oil there, and um, it's probably he probably saw a big map as well. There are lots of maps that show Greenland as this humongous landmass. It's actually smaller than the map show because it's the way that the maps are drawn. Right. It's a different, different story for a different podcast, but um, (laughs) you should, the maps are not always like they, they show Africa smaller than it actually is. Again, he probably saw all this stuff combined with oil and all that stuff and was like, why don't we have that? Yep. Yep. 
That's, that's ridiculous. It. That's it. The President of the United States wants to buy Greenland because that's the world that we live in. You imagine if you went to a store or something and you're like, I want this for this much. And they were like, no. And then you said, this store is, uh, <laughs> this store sucks. They're not selling me what I want for the price I want. Like, it, it's like, it's like if you went to Macy's and you <laughs> went, you, you go to Macy's and you see all the mannequins and you go, yeah, I want all the mannequins because I'm going to have a mannequin party in my house. And you go to, you know, some low level, like, you know, working minimum wage, you know, cashier and you go, yeah, I think I'll take that. I think I'll take all the mannequins. They go, sir, the mannequins are part of Macy's. You can't have them. You go, well, you're a nasty woman. And then you go on Twitter and you go, you know, I hate these people. They're so mean. They're so nasty. And then you go, you know what? Uh, I'm never going to Macy's again. And I'm going to go shop at JCPenney now. Okay, no disrespect to JCPenney or to me. Those are just things that came out of my mouth. But yeah, that's insane. Like, like that's essentially what this is. It's Donald Trump wants to buy all the mannequins and they won't sell them to him. So he's going to throw a little hissy fit. And a big hissy fit. <laughs> and that. a big hissy fit. Uh, boy. Well, um, I hope Greenland uh, stays strong in all this. And also Denmark. They don't deserve any of this. Nope. Uh, let's just say that Three Course Politics has been a long-time supporter of Greenland and Denmark. Big, big-time supporters. And Sweden. Yep, and Sweden. All right. Well, then, I think that does it for our dessert. And I think we'll go now into the answer to your pre-dinner shot. You've been patiently waiting. Your answer is coming up. So the question, how much did the NRA give Trump in 2016? The answer is $36.5 million. The NRA donated $36.5 million to the Trump campaign in 2016. So you think, why is he, uh, <laughs> why is he so against any gun, any gun safety or restrictions? That's why. Yep, 36.5 million dollars it's a lot of money it's a lot of money from gun manufacturers from nra supporters all that so if you're ever wondering why uh they're so beholden 36.5 million to the trump campaign and i'm sure in 2020 it'll go even higher and to kind of say really quickly that there were people there were trump supporters who said he's gonna drain the swamp baby hashtag drain the swamp you're not draining the swamp if you're getting $36.5 million from the NRA, that's not draining the swamp. That's doing exactly what every member or most members of the GOP who are NRA happy do, is they take money and then no one talks about it. But the, we're not no one. We're going to talk about it. And we did. He's, he's part of the swamp. And, and that's our episode today. Thank you so much for listening. But before you go, we have, a very, we have a few important messages for you. The intro and the outro music is by Brett Hillsberg. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, please hit the subscribe button on your podcast app or however you're listening to. It helps. You get the episodes. You don't have to tell you about it. You get that, that feed. It's great. Um, and if you really like the podcast, Tell a friend to listen. Tell many friends to listen. Tell one friend to listen. Um, and if you can, share the episode on social media. It helps getting more listeners. Uh, if you want to donate, go to the info section on the episode that you are listening to, which is episode 10, and help us keep this pod going. We're hoping to have some ads soon, and that all comes with money. So anything that you can donate, $1, $2, $5, $10, a million dollars, $36.5 million. Um, anything helps. Um, and if you have any questions for us, you can find us at the email address is three course politics at gmail.com. Again, that's three T H R E E course politics at gmail.com. We want to thank you all so much for listening. And we know that if you were listening in the past, thank you. If this is your first time listening. Thank you. Uh, and we'll talk to you all later. Thank you all. 
Bye, everyone. Bye.